This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, remember the fuss over random drug testing at the TTC? The union fought hard against it for years. The TTC had to go to court to go ahead with it. Well, on the first day of testing this week, two out of eight people failed. You just heard... The mayor talk about it. TTC CEO Andy Byford says this shows that the decision to implement the testing is, quote, both justified and vindicated. The union says it's too soon to draw any conclusions. So is it true, as investigators have said, that there's, quote, a culture of drug and alcohol use at the TTC? Or is this an aberration? And uh, now these two workers have been suspended with pay, of course. What do you think of that? And do you feel safe on the TTC? The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, one 866 744 We want to hear what you have to say on this issue. And right now, let's go to Brad Ross, who is the Executive Director of Corporate Communications for the TTC. Hi, Brad. Hi, good afternoon. So first of all, what's your reaction to these results? Well, as we said yesterday, they were uh, very disappointing uh, to the organization, of course, um, concerning. Um, but as you indicated in your lead-up as well, um, the, the, uh, the, the program itself, we uh, feel very justified uh, in, in having brought forward because uh, clearly um, we have a problem. We indicated that to the courts and, and, and have for a number of years with respect to drugs and alcohol. Uh, this uh, needs to be brought to an end, and uh, this is one more piece in that uh, toolbox, if you will, of, of doing that, to act as a deterrent to ensure that the, that the system remains safe, that our workers remain safe, uh, because the vast majority of our employees, of course, come to work uh, fit for duty every single day would never think in a million years of 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 putting themselves and their coworkers and the public at risk. Okay, so you're saying that all the employees who are eligible to be tested, and that's about ten thousand, uh, are in some kind of safety related job. Is that right? That's right. So. We call them safety-sensitive positions, so it is. there are about 1,400 positions that we've identified, including management, including myself, including the CEO, uh, are uh, subject to random drug and alcohol testing because it's not just about driving. Um, we have people working in shops, using heavy machinery, uh, driving from uh, station to station, doing uh, repairs on turnstiles, for example, or uh, who are, have a supervisory responsibility uh, for, uh, 
for certain uh, types of workers, whether they're operators or maintenance people. We want to make sure, for example, that our buses are, when they're being maintained, are being done so by somebody who is fit for duty, that the subway track uh, is in good condition and that the signals that are being maintained are being maintained by somebody who is fit for duty. And um, if if uh, we need random drug and alcohol testing to, to bring the number of uh, impairments in the workplace down, then, then that's what we need to do. This is common practice, by the way, in the United States. All transit systems in the United States have been subject to random drug and alcohol testing for a number of years, the UK and Australia. This is the first for Canada, and, and we would argue that this should be common practice in Canada as well. Okay, well, um, the union argues that some of the people in this uh, really aren't, uh, you, you know, crucial safety workers. They're talking about painters, upholsterers. What do you well, say to that? We disagree, needless to say. Upholsterers are working with heavy machinery. Um, they are doing tasks that require them to be, um, to require them to be fit duty that require them to to be alert at all times because it's not just them it's also their co-workers who are, who are around them working around them we don't want and I, I i would argue that nobody would want somebody working alongside them uh, who was impaired in any way so these are jobs that require the use of tools or machinery or uh, driving or in a public space say in one of our subway stations doing work uh, of some some description uh, we need everybody in those jobs to be um, to be uh, fit for duty, to be free of drugs and alcohol. Do you have any idea how widespread a problem this is? So what we we put together um, in our when we we uh, the, the, this this was fought in court uh, just in February, um, the the union brought an injunction to pre- prevent us from uh, implementing this program, um, and we argued with uh, in the court and we put together a what's called a factum that that spelled out the problem, um, and since 2011 we've seen approximately 140 cases of either impairment on the job or test refusals. These are people who have refused to submit to a test for reasons of you know, reasonable cause and post-incident, for example. We've had that ability and we have tested for, for reasonable cause and post-incident, for example, since 2011. Random is a new piece of that, but we have been seeing an increase in the, in the number of instances where um, there has been impairment in the workplace. And it is concerning to us, and we have a duty of care as a public transit system to maintain, uh, to, to be as safe as we possibly can be. And when we know that we have a drug and alcohol um, a problem, uh, as small as, as it is in the grand scheme of things with 14,000 employees, one is too many in our, in our view, but uh, over 140 is is concerning to us, and and so uh, yes, we 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 think we have a problem. The courts agreed. In fact, that is the test that the Supreme Court of Canada uses. Uh, you need as a as an employer to demonstrate uh, a problem in the workplace. This goes beyond the workplace, though. This is not just uh, you know a a maintenance shop, for example, or an office. This is a public transit system where we move 500 mil, more than 500 million people every year uh, with on crowded buses and streetcars and subways that uh, not just operators, as I say, this is everybody has a role to play as, uh, in, in contributing to, to the safe operations of the TTC. There's also been some issue with the levels that you use because uh, according to you, uh, you're looking for more than 0.04 mm-hmm. um, and on the roads it's 0.08. 
Right. So as I say, this is more than just driving. 0 0.08 is is criminal. 0 0.05 the province uses as they can suspend you, roadside suspension. We use 0 0.04 because, as I say, this is more than just about driving. This is about people who who must whose who systems must be uh, fit. They they must not be uh, impaired in any way. Uh, and 0 0.04 is the threshold we use. In fact, we use 0 0.02 to 0 0.039 uh, as a as a first level. And if you if you hit that that mark in that range, it's considered uh, a policy violation. Uh, and you would be subject to progressive discipline, not impairment, but still a policy violation. In other words, you got to come to work free of alcohol and free of drugs. On the drugs, we're testing for impairment or likely impairment at the time of the test. We're not testing to see whether or not you smoked a joint on the weekend. That's none of our business. It is our business, though, if you come to work uh, impaired. And so the test, when it comes back from the lab, for example, tells us only if you've passed uh, or failed that test not what the substance uh, we will know what the substance is we won't report that publicly but we won't know what the level is of that substance only if uh, if it's a fail then you've you've exceeded the cutoff levels that have been established if you're below that cutoff level it comes back as a you, you pass the test and and there's no no other uh, no other information is provided to us okay um, let's uh, take a couple of calls we've got Steve in Parkdale hi Steve hi okay well the news I'm hearing from this gentleman now is a bit different than the news you guys related earlier in the morning. It seemed like they caught two out of eight um, people with over point zero four, and that they weren't drivers. Uh, well, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's that's what we've that's what we've been reporting. They caught two out of eight people, and they were not drivers. But as Brad is telling us, they were in safety-related positions. Okay. Now, to, to me. Somebody go at uh, lunch hour and have a beer or two, uh, and they're not a driver. I, as a TTC user, I would still feel as safe with that because, you know, uh, as he even pointed out, it's not illegally impaired. Well, it uh, also, second of all, uh, in regards to <laughs> suspending them and with pay, I, I would think that would encourage me. Have a couple and say, "Oh, okay, let me get a paid holiday." So, so a couple of things there. Uh, one test was a was a positive alcohol test. The other was a positive drug test. There were two separate individuals, two separate tests. One was drugs. One was alcohol. Um, and, uh, and and no, they weren't drivers. But as I as you rightly pointed out, Libby, it doesn't matter. They are in safety sensitive positions, and every uh, every every job that has a safety sensitive uh, designation is is safety critical to us, and so they're they're all important. Um, you cannot go for a beer at lunch, even no. if, even I can't go for a beer at lunch, and I'm I'm designated as safety sensitive. But nobody at the TTC is permitted to have alcohol at lunch. You want to have a drink. Wait till after work and go for it. Well, I mean, you know, frankly, I, I wouldn't want to get in a car with someone who had a couple of beers at lunch. No. No, thanks. Not. And and on the, the uh, suspended with pay, it's important I clarify this because people have been asking about that. We uh, have a process in place, a disciplinary process that says when uh, uh, something comes to our attention that needs to be dealt with, we take the employee out of out of the workplace first and foremost before any decisions are made about uh, discipline and about how we're going to uh, resolve this and, and the final disposition of discipline. Uh, and so the process is that, yes, you're suspended with pay. 
it is not a paid vacation because this process uh, uh, is, is very quick uh, and it's quite possible that in the end you will lose your job. So uh, I, don't, I don't see a suspended with pay as a benefit or as a paid vacation. It is a, uh, it is a, a position that, that many large organizations take before they are able to, to dispense with final, um, uh, before decisions are made with respect to discipline. Okay, and I see that our next caller, Brian in East York, has a question about the suspension with pay. Hi, Brian. Hi, uh, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Uh, yeah, the suspended with pay was the part that got me. I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't understand that. Uh, you know, if you you get caught and then you get suspended and then you get paid, you might as well go on holidays. But uh, I can see the the gentleman there has kind of explained it. Uh, so I gather that if you get suspended with pay. Uh, two or three times, you're going to be looking for another job. Well, you, maybe once. Uh, Brian, I'm I'm going to let you go. I think you have your radio on because I'm hearing a lot of noise in the background there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next time you call, uh, turn the radio off before you get on the air. Thanks for your call. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, so, uh, Brad, you were saying that this is a quick process so yeah, well we're, we're going fast but also we you know we're going to be very obvious needless to say we need to be methodical about it we need to be uh, make sure that we're not going to rush the process this is this is uh, an incredibly serious matter somebody has been uh, has has uh, been found to have been impaired at work um, their employment is now in jeopardy so we are going to be very careful about how we proceed because uh, we don't want to prejudice uh, any grievance process that may follow uh, we oh and it'll follow for sure well sure and that's that's absolutely their right, and so we need to make sure that 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 we follow the process that it is that is set out in our disciplinary procedures. Um, but um, you know, this is a, an incredibly serious matter. We we remove somebody from the workplace uh, immediately. That we give them safe transport home with respect to uh, our, our random drug and alcohol testing, by the way, um, and then. Um, and then shortly thereafter, they're they're brought in uh, for a meeting. There's a medical review officer who looks at drug tests, positive drug tests that that that, that the lab uh, has has flagged. The medical review officer reviews it. The the test is the the lab results are are done twice to ensure that that there's no anomalies. The medical review officer reviews those results. The medical review officer then contacts the employee before we're even advised. They make every effort to contact the employee to understand, uh, you know, why a particular drug uh, may be in their system. Is there an explanation for it that you can provide? Uh, and then the employer is notified, and then um, and then the um, uh, a meeting is held, and and decisions are then made. And and we take and let me just say this: we take this incredibly seriously. We do not want anybody to be at work who is uh, not fit for duty. If you have uh, uh, a disability, for example, an addiction, um, you need to let us know first. You need to deal with that. We can't, we cannot, uh, and we will accommodate people, but, but this can't be, for example, a, oh, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I have a drinking problem, for example. We will do an assessment with a substance abuse professional to to ascertain the um, that 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 is in fact true. We so so there's a this is this is a very well thought out policy and process that we have in place here. Okay, um, I have a couple of questions before we get to uh, more of our callers. Uh, just realistically, 
how long uh, can going through the whole process take? Uh, it even including, you know, if you assume that that uh, the person in question would exhaust every appeal available. Well, I, I, I it's real. You know, if I give you a timeline, Libby, and then we don't hold to it, then I'm, you know, then then I need to answer why. I mean, is it case, months? Is it a well, year? No, 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 no. It's not months, but. But but we need to. Ensure, it's less than months or more than months. Well, I, it depends on the. It, so a grievance can 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 uh, can absolutely drag itself out. That's not that's be, that's beyond our control. But let me say this: we will uh, act as quickly as we possibly can um, to ensure that 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 you know there's due process and that this this is not this does not drag out. Somebody is people are not going to be sitting at home being paid for months, I can assure you of that. And is there any kind of mechanism that if, if somebody is, is is found to have been guilty of this, I mean, can you get any of the money back? The money that we paid them while on suspension? Yes. Well, no. I mean, again, this is part of the process that we have. I mean, we, you know, once we find that, you know, that, okay, we're going to terminate your employment, then your employment is terminated. We're not going to try and claw back a couple of days or a week's worth of pay. That, 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 that's yeah, but from the sound of it, it's going to take a lot more no, no, than I, that. No, it's not. It, it, the process, you could be terminated within, within a week, but the process itself could still, through, through the grievance process, could, could, could drag itself out for months is what I was trying to say. Oh, okay. So you, you would be terminated? We will, we will act as quickly as we possibly can on, on if somebody is to be terminated, if that yeah. is the, the, the decision that is made, um, or there's some other decision made, we will make that decision as quickly as we can. But we, but we will also respect the process and we will respect that we, we need to make sure we do this right and, and not rush into things. Um, but it's not, I'm not talking, we're not talking about months before you come in for a meeting. Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, let's hear from Frank in Downsview. Hello, Frank. Hello, Libby. Thanks for call, uh, taking my call. You're, you're uh, Libby, welcome. I worked 49 years in industry, private industry. My last company... If somebody got caught drinking, he got suspended six days, the first time. Second time, he went to dry out four weeks, okay? He was sent to, uh, to one of those uh, places where you dry out. Right. He came back, and if he got caught again, that was it. He was finished. There was no uh, second doubt about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it sounds like this. If they get caught once, uh, then um, that could end up being it, right, Brad? It, it's possible. It, every so every instance it will be looked at, uh, you know, on a case by case basis. It may be that somebody does uh, have a have an addiction to alcohol or drugs, for example, and so um, we have a duty to accommodate as an employer. Uh, if if it can be proven that that they do indeed do have an addiction, then yeah, they would go uh, for treatment, for example, and 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 we would give somebody an opportunity to um, to to get well. We wait a minute. I thought you said that. that they would have to tell you first that there's an addiction problem. They That's can't right. come want, up with it we after. Want, we want people to tell us that if they have an addiction, to come forward. Absolutely, but maybe for whatever reason they don't. They didn't. They uh, but but in the process after the fact. Um, if if it's demonstrated that indeed through an assessment by a a professional, not a TTC employee, a professional substance abuse um, assessor will will make a, a recommendation, say 
well, actually, this person does have a, a substance abuse that, that, that is proven, then we will work with them to make sure that they, they get the help that they need. Every case has to be looked at on a case-by-case basis is all I'm saying, Libby. If you feel you have an addiction, get the help now before, before it's too late, before you do have an accident, before you do uh, blow over or, or test positive for drugs. Libby, uh, yes. one, more, one more thing. Okay, quickly. Can you quickly. imagine now if the marijuana is going to be legal? Oh, my God. Well, even legalized marijuana, I mean, you can get medical marijuana today. It, Alcohol it's, is legal, exactly. but you still can't have it at work. That's right. Okay. okay, Frank, thanks for your call. Let's go to Nick in Oakville. Hi there. Hi. Hi uh, I have a comment, a couple of comments. First of all, if they're going to drug test uh, the TTC employees, why aren't they drug testing the police? These people carry guns, Uh, all kinds of weapons. And the other thing is, how is it determined how, what the level is if you're smoking weed that you can't function, uh, that you're impaired? How, How is that determined? Uh, Does the gentleman uh, know that? Um, Brad? Yeah, so we have, uh, so, so the number of drugs that are captured within our policy, marijuana, cocaine, amphetamines, um, you know, uh, opiates, for example, and each of those drugs has a, uh, a, a level that, uh, that, that experts um, have, have determined are cutoff levels for impairment. So you can have a certain amount in your system and not be determined and not be deemed to be impaired. If you're over that cutoff level of impairment, uh, then the drug, then the test comes back as a uh, as 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 a positive uh, test result. Yeah, but how is it determined? Like, like who are these experts that made these studies that said you can't function above a certain level of a THC ingestion? Yeah. So there right. are. There are experts in various fields with respect to drugs and alcohol who make these uh, make these determinations. So alcohol, for example, there's um, you know 0.08 is is a criminal. 0.05 uh, you can have a roadside suspension. Right. Um, there are uh, there, there are are people who who do this work uh, who uh, and I don't know the science and I'm not going to pretend to 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 understand or explain rather the science except to say that. This is not unique to the TTC. There are so, uh, there are levels that have been set across North America for what would be considered impairment uh, on a on a particular drug and and for alcohol. Okay, um, we have uh, just about twenty seconds left, uh, Brad. What would you like to leave us with? Well, I want people, and I want you know people who ride the TTC and 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 the people who we share the road with to to know that the TTC is a safe transit system that this is part of a safe uh of a safety plan to uh to to weed out uh alcohol and drug use on the system uh by uh by employees of the TTC because we know we have a problem um people have actually died uh, because of and been injured because of drugs and alcohol at the TTC and we need to uh we need to take action and we are taking action and this is a concerted effort to uh improve the safety of the TTC. Okay, Brad Ross, thanks so much for that. Thank you, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.